under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Welcome in. Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Today is June the 25th, 2019. Which means 35 years ago, Purple Rain was released. Man, that makes me feel old. (laughs) (laughs) I was one! Uh, I was... I was not. (laughs) I was four and a half years from being born. Ooh. So, but right in the heart of the 80s. I mean, this, though, Purple Rain was Prince's sixth album. He had already had a number one hit with Little Red Corvette. 1999 was a big hit. Uh, I Want to Be Your Lover, Soft and Wet. Uh, He had plenty of hits, um, but nothing was at the level of, like, thriller. What's wrong, Southernwood? I'm just thinking, I remember when these happened. <laughs> I guess I'm going to watch it tonight. How old were you when this came out? 43. 35 years ago, how old were you? Uh, I was 13. Oh, wow, so you're right in the teenage demographic. Yeah, I mean, that. The, I mean, Purple Rain was... It came out, and it, I mean, it's a cheesy movie. It really is. Well, the movie's if you're gonna not be that honest. Great. Yeah, the movie's not that great. But the, I love it. Whole... I love it, and I still have. Yeah, we watched it. Lauren and I watched it the other night. Yeah, it's it fantastic. Like, oh, it's purple rain. Well, as far as like a holistic movie, it is lacking. But the music in it, like the concert footage, they shoot it in a cinematic style. It's awesome. It's still awesome to this day. It's great because it was a music movie. And they focused on the music rather than the behind-the-scenes type stuff. Right. You know, right. I mean, that that's what the focus was. And that was the what the Sheila E. deal. Oh, my God. Sheila's great. Oh, great. She wants to live a glamorous life. God. I, have I don't know. I, I had such a crush on Sheila E. She played drums, You don't dude. know of who we speak at? So? Wait, have you ever seen Purple Rain? No, I have not. I have it at my house. In, oh, you got to watch it. You should Sad. watch it. Yeah, I should. you got to watch it. What is it, wrong with you? And don't I expect like the greatest musicals. movie. It's not a musical. Okay. Well, I'm not going to It is a, a movie. movie. It's not really a musical because musicals, they'll just start singing. Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. But no, in Purple Rain, it, it is... It's, it's not a musical. It's not a musical. It is a movie... With songs in it? ...based on music. Well, the idea is there's a club, and it's a real club, at First Avenue in Minneapolis, where all the bands and this... They based, essentially, the movie on real life and the music scene in Minneapolis at the time. And the kid, played by Prince, has his own band called The Revolution. 
And so the movie opens with the kid in the revolution performing Let's Go Crazy on stage at First Avenue. And they do the whole, like, (laughs) nine-minute version of the song. It's freaking awesome. He does this epic guitar solo, jumping off the top of the piano at the end of it. And then it cuts away to him walking off stage. And he meets Apollonia. (laughs) Which, Apollonia, I just love the names. It's ridiculous. So, essentially, there's a lot of music in the movie. But it's centered around all these people kind of competing for stage time. And one of the bands they're competing against after the revolution gets done that first night is The Time. Now, if you pull back and go to real life, Prince wrote all that crap. Mm-hmm. He wrote The Time's music. He wrote Apollonia or Vanity Six's music. He wrote his own music for the revolution. Um, and, you know, the artists would contribute some, too. Uh, but so the time in the movie is competing with the revolution, and the time is just fire. They come out with like the bird and jungle love, <laughs> and like it's just yeah, so good. They're both and and the, in real life, the time would open for Prince on his big world tour he did for Purple Rain, and the time several nights would just put on a better show. Like they were an incredible band, and uh, they went on the two guys, Jimmy Jam and Terry something. They went on to produce like Janet Jackson. They were great producers in their own right. Um, so, but the movie's kind of based around what's going on at this club and the lives of the people playing music at the club. And Apollonia and him like have some love affair, and then she goes off to make music with more stay in the time and. Oh, that's is that is yeah, that is it's that more state? Yes, oh, you have to see this movie. I, I think you'd know. enjoy it. I I live in the nineties. Well, and then stuff would like happen where they're kind of him and Apollonia have a falling out. So he performs my favorite song on the album because it's just so over the top. I mean, there's Purple Rain's great. Let's go crazy is great. Computer Blue is an epic guitar solo that I love. Uh, Take Me With You is a great kind of cruising song, good little acoustic pop Raspberry song. Raspberry Beret is not no, on that No, that's song. on the next on album, that's, Around yeah. the World in the Day. Um, that might be my favorite Prince song. That's a great song. But my favorite on that album is called The Beautiful Ones. And it starts as this like slow, kind of vamping love song. Baby, baby, baby. And then it builds, though. And he's, at the end of the song, screaming better than Steven Tyler ever could. Uh, and it's also like singing it to the girl in the club. You got to see the movie, man. I, I'll watch it since it's an anniversary tonight. You know. Yeah. No. It, 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 and like I say, I know you're you, you don't you don't like care musicals for musicals. Yeah. This but isn't it's like, not a musical. This isn't like the Sound of Music. It's not like Rent or you know, <laughs> <laughs> Grease or anything like that. Time out. Time I would out. Never know. Sound of Music. Greatest movie. In the history of the world. What? Period. <laughs> End of story. Movie, Do you hear that? Not, no, 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 no. That? No, it's not a good movie. It is the greatest movie you just in the history crush of on, the world. You just have a crush on Julie Andrews. You just you left something. It's rolling down the stage. Julie Andrews is the greatest singer, period, ever in the story. We, and we're not even going to argue about it. Yeah. I mean, I will body slam both of y'all. <laughs> And I will finish the show out. <laughs> I'm just feeling good that it is this anniversary. This album w- was very influential. It really did speak to me. Like, it spoke to a lot of the crap I was going through. That's when I discovered it on my own as a teenager. I 
found Purple Rain and found the movie. And I remember watching it by myself. It's kind of this, I watched it in a theater. Jack yeah, Lee. I know. Oh <laughs> I'm younger than you. You're just gonna have to deal with that, okay? Hey, man, he's half your age and twice as hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got the smoking hot wife over Good there. Good point. Right? <laughs> well, and he's having to deal with teenage daughters now. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, that's, but they're doing well, right? That's yeah. the problem. I got smoking hot teenage daughters. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you invite me over. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I don't want you to even think I'm looking. All right. My God, my God. But it's a it's a fun flick, and it's amazing. It's 35 years later. Shame the guy's still not alive to God, I continue the legacy. It's 35 years. Well, and for the 30 year anniversary, they five years ago they came out with a deluxe version. So there's all these like old tracks that he made at the time. Essentially, they they're like, what is the the soundtrack going to be that'll be the album Purple Rain? And they had a few songs they knew for certain, but apparently the director of the movie, like Prince, came to him and had a hundred songs. Like, here you go. Uh, what should we choose? And then he said, okay, I've got a I've got this one montage in the movie where y'all are kind of broken up. You and Apollonia are on the rocks and. Uh, the way I've kind of edited together the footage of you riding your motorcycle and her doing her thing, per- rehearsing for her club performance, is I need a song that's either this tempo, they gave him an exact tempo, it can either be a fast tempo or it could be the slow rhythm tempo. And I think that'll work with the editing of the shots. He's, he claims this might be exaggerated mythology, that the next morning Prince comes back with two songs. And one of the songs, pretty much fully produced and ready to go, it's how you hear it on the album, is When Doves Cry. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a number one hit and an iconic now, song. that one, I love that. It's got the uh, electric uh, Drums. spring. Yeah. It's got the... Well, and then there's the fun... You <laughs> know, a, the electric drum. You, and the electric spring. The beginning Boing. of that song, you know the guitar solo at the beginning of that yeah. song? Yeah. Um, James, there's a story about James Hetfield of Metallica. Oh. Trying to learn that, <laughs> and he finally apparently he just like not Hammett. Hammett knows what he's doing, but Hatfield yeah. like got so frustrated trying to learn that run Prince does at the beginning of the song. He threw his guitar against the wall. It's like how is it that little <laughs> a feet dude and that dude looks like a woman? And and that's what's so funny. You if you you've not seen the movie at all, right, Seth? Right, dude. What's so funny is seeing him sitting on a motorcycle and he looks like a six year old. I mean, yeah, it, man. It, it, and, and that was always one of the reasons why I didn't want to watch it. it, it and he just, I mean, <laughs> they're not like those tall handlebars you see on he's the Harleys. A itty bitty guy. It's like a regular dude. Yeah, it's right there in front it, of the it, screen. He's man. just like, aww. <laughs> he even scooted Four up foot some. three. And he's just <laughs> holding on to regular handlebars. Well, and apparently the persona he takes on for this movie is not like the real life guy. They said the real life guy was, no. the, he was very devoted to the craft and like he'd make them rehearse for like eight hours straight. And not just like your musical parts and all the cues. He ran his band kind of like James Brown. Uh, very stringent on what he wanted and the certain... I've been listening to a lot of the old rehearsal stuff for the Purple Rain tour and it is intricate. He'll he'll do the thing where he'll say, on the one, which means everybody shut up. The band just stop. Stop on the beat. And then he'll say, give me two and they'll do like two hits. Alright, give me three. Give me 25. <laughs> and then, and like when you're at about twenty, you can hear them in the. And this is just rehearsal, but you can hear them when they're at about twenty, going, "Y'all better be counting. Y'all better be counting." <laughs> they hit twenty five, and it would just be over. But it wasn't just the music; it's like how you stood, how you posed, how you carry yourself in public. He would. He was so freaking devoted. But 
that same taskmaster, that perfectionist, was also, they said, this huge practical joker, loved to play around with people, and he purposely uh, put his band together. Um, Bobby Z, the drummer, just came out with an interview today. His grand vision for the revolution was similar to Fleetwood Mac or Sly and the Family Stone, bands that had men and women racially mixed. He really was big on this idea of, like, everybody under the sun can come play, and I want to represent... And this is where the word's gone astray. He wanted to represent diversity, but not in this, like, all grievance, like, I'm a victim sort of way. It's like, no, we're diverse. We like having fun. We like having sex. We like making music. Let's enjoy ourselves. And see, that's the thing that is hard for me to even comprehend is how do how do you have that mind? I wish I had that mind. Right. That everything was the same or to be that creative to be creative see i'm i'm very analytical seth you're like me i know you know if this wire is not touching this wire is not you know sending this voltage to this part and nothing's going to happen you know if if this capacitor is bad then the the compressor is not going to run yeah i'm real good at being analytical but to be abstract like that and to come up with something like, hey, let's try this. Right. I can't think in that <laughs> atmosphere. I mean, I, I just can't. I wish I could. He had a purple notebook, and it would just be all the ideas. It would be song lyrics he'd come up with, like new costumes and clothes he wanted the, the band to wear, like writing a script for the movie. Like all, He just couldn't stop. And his record company, Warner Brothers, actually was frustrated with him. Why can't you be like Michael Jackson? Like, save your best stuff, release an album like every three years. He wanted to put out like... Because he was not Michael Jackson. Right, he wanted to put out an album like every few months. That's how prolific he was at that time. I did watch that um, that video you put on the, the group chat. Oh, yeah. it's uh, That was cool. They just released the demos, the originals uh, album, where it's all the original demos he cut for other artists before they took them up. And they put out a video to Manic Monday. Yeah, that was cool, man. And it's all, that's the rehearsals I'm talking about. Did he do that originally, or is that him covering it? That was him originally. Really? Yeah. Oh, so and they covered him? Yeah. No, he gave the song to the Bengals. Oh, really? And so the number, but Manic Monday only became number two on the charts. Mm-hmm. Number one was Kiss by Prince. <laughs> so, it, I mean, it's amazing how, but then there's. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a uh, uh, "You're My Love." There's a track on the yeah. originals demo. It's called "You're My Love," and it turned out I'm like, what? It, who covered this song? Who used Kenny Rogers? Had a awesome. hit with it. And it's a, a country artist does this a ballad. Um, just how prolific the guy was. I absolutely adored it. And apparently, the story goes: this is how his mind worked. Well, number one, his father was a pianist, a jazz uh, piano player for, uh, like, uh, what are they called? Like, uh, burlesque shows. And, like, strippers, essentially. Yeah. No. And he provide... No. no, I know burlesque is different than a strip club. <laughs> I do. But, it, essentially, in Minneapolis, that's what his dad was doing. He was playing that circuit and that scene, providing piano parts for a lot of the women and dancers. And then he discovered, like, his mom's, like... Harlequin romance novels at a very young age, so oh, that can man. kind of form. He he fell in love with like the dancers' costumes and clothes, and also you know naked women being everywhere. And then he says the first song he learned was he heard the original Batman TV show 
on television. And they said he was very young. He went over to the family piano and just hammered out the Batman melody. Just a young age, just from hearing it. That's the and he was playing Santana like perfectly at like fourteen, fifteen years old, playing the guitar parts. I mean, unreal talent. That I mean, you get people like that occasionally, but I don't know if it's the the same opportunity today. In the sense that you have more producers, you have more record companies, you can just be an artist that's putting your music directly on Spotify. The one thing I worry about today, and this applies to Prince, Michael Jackson, and Madonna, who apparently is back on the charts for some stupid reason. What? She ain't dead yet. But I think in the 80s, you still had that mystique around a pop star. Like, you don't actually know. Like, when people were watching Purple Rain, they're like, is he actually that way? What's the real story here? Right. I, I get what you... I, I'm, I'm, Whereas I'm picking today, up what you're putting there. everybody knows everything about a celebrity. And it it kind of ruins it for me. Like, no I don't want to know all the, the dirty details. I kind of like that mystique, that otherworldliness that these people could build up. And he kept that going until the day he died. Probably, it's probably what killed him. Surrounded himself with yes-men who fed into his habit. Might have been. I, I think that's possible. He was... As Kevin Smith said, he lived in Prince World for way too long. He was mm-hmm. so great, though. Because, I mean, Man. number one single, number one album, number one movie in the country, all in the same week. And he's only 25. Wow, that's nuts, man. So it's just nuts. Yeah, that, uh, that, great album. And, and that's something for us to think about. I mean, that's too much for anyone to handle at that age. Yeah. You Whoa. Know. But then he does a crazy thing. You love Raspberry Beret? Oh, yeah. He could have done, like, he had enough songs, he could have done, like, Purple Rain Part 2 and just kept the tour going. And he completely flipped and went yeah. a different direction. He went, like, a, he went like Beatles, psychedelic-sounding music with, like, these long ballads and gospel hits and then Raspberry Beret and, uh, like, a 20-minute track he had to pare down a little bit for the album called America. Um, that's essentially a, a lament against communism and the bomb. Like, one of the lines in the song and the rhythm is bomb, go, boom. It's like this apocalyptic... <laughs> it's weird stuff, and the record company's like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. I mean, he he was weird as hell. But, man, it was some really good music. And he didn't like being put in a box. He would always... He was a chameleon. He, would, he was always... It had that print sound, but it would be different. You say weird. You know what comes to mind? This is terrible. His, uh, what was it? He was in that one jumpsuit that one time with no butt cheeks. Oh, that was the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think maybe the Diamond and Pearls album. I don't know, man. It was on MTV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For the MTV Music Awards. Yeah, I remember the assless chaps. And then you remember Howard Stern? Oh, yeah. The fart man? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Anyway, let's go to the phones to talk to Robert. Hey, Robert. What's up, man? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Robert. Yeah, I like to trip down memory lane, but we all got to understand there's no others like Michael Jackson. Never oh, feels nothing. Sure. And then Michael Jackson also on the Thriller album. It was six singles off that album that all peaked at top ten. Yes, and then also yeah, on Thriller is amazing. Right, and then also on that album, Michael Jackson chose Vincent Vincent Price himself to do the narration to the Thriller. They had chose other people. Michael wanted Vincent Price. Yeah, I mean, there is no doubt. Thriller, really, it's it's hard to argue there's a better CD, album, whatever you want to call it, than Thriller. I mean, that was, I mean, 
And Dynamite, also, top to bottom. Yeah, then he also was another entrepreneur. He locked down all the, the uh, costumes. All the costumes was turned back into him. Really? Yeah, he had he had sole contract to all the costumes. Only two costumes escaped. And there were about two of the artists that got a inside scoop that Michael Jackson owned the rights to the costume and they kept it too. Hmm. Now, have Michael you, Jackson also looking at the other part of the money making on all, all his albums. Oh, and Michael Jackson, I, I think the comparison that's constantly brought up between Michael Jackson and Prince is just not a good one. And they were no. different types of artists. Right. And I think Michael was the... He was doing it longer, number one, uh, with the Jackson 5. And he was more attuned, to your point, to the business side of pop music. And then also you had to understand Prince could write for other artists. Right. Yeah, that's what made Prince. Now, do you? That's, yeah, you know the story about uh, Michael Jackson apparently wanted the song "Bad" to be a duet with Prince. With Prince, oh man, oh, yeah. I, I know then, the story. Here, I'm going to see if this works. Here, actually, it's a clip. I believe it's Chris Rock interviewing Prince. I'm going to play this real quick. Listen up. Right. Oh, they're playing some music. You know, music video. It'll cut into the interview here in a second. And the constant comparison is made, Prince versus Michael Jackson. Um, there was never, like, any rivalry between you and Mr. Jackson? Oh, not to me, no. That's, okay. Yeah. I love the story of you, you know, there's all these Prince, I'm sorry. That, I'm sorry. Well, that's the guy you used to be. Mm -hmm. There's all these, you know, the legendary tales of whatever. There's the story of you turning down bad. Well, you know, that Wesley Snipes character, right. that, that would have been me. <laughs> so what's up? <gasps> to put it better, the first line of that song is "Your butt is mine." Your butt is mine. Okay. Now I said, who gonna sing that to whom? Because you can't sing that to me, and I sure ain't singing it to you. So right there we got, you know, right there we got a problem. <laughs> oh, say there you go, Robert. Wow. Oh I, my God. <laughs> Appreciate it, bro. Oh, uh, I never knew that was Wesley Snipes. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. But I do love that it's like, wait, the first Good line Lord, is... Lord, how young are you, man? <laughs> I, no, I'm in the 90s, not in the 80s. I didn't like big hair and Aquanet. I like, you like crusty grunge pants. And, yeah. Yeah, and crusty pants. There's and nothing better than big hair and Aquanet. Man, flannel. We cannot be friends if you don't like big hair and Aquanet. Dr. Wood, we need a... Session. Nah, I'm fixing to go get the paddle. <laughs> in the See, I left it up here. Well, let's go back to the phones. Talk to Clint. Hey, Clint, how you doing? Good. You got Dave Mallory there? No, nah, he's not here this evening. Yeah. Well, who's there? We got Southern Wood and Seth Spotlow. Where yeah, are they? Yeah, got 84. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And I agree with him on Julie Andrews. Yeah. Buddy. Yes. She was a very good singer. I'd rather sing anything. So I'm on your side with you, unless you were lying. Well, I just think saying no, that is no, the greatest movie no. ever made is a bit much. I'm I'm not lying, and yes, that was the greatest movie ever made. All right, whatever. The sound of music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm about Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins is pretty good. Oh, is that your number two? Uh, no, nah, I don't know if it's number two. Well, you know she played a movie, uh, she was naked from the waist up. Oh, really? Oh, oh. yeah. I've seen it. Uh, she did. She uh, exposed her breasts. And, uh, 
Which uh, movie was that? I don't remember, but look it up. I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> I think there are websites devoted to that. Yeah. yeah. When was a celebrity nude in a movie? I don't know. Yeah. God, guys are such perverts. Oh. But oh. Uh, talking about Michael, you know, back in the 60s, am I still there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the Jackson 5 had a run against the Osmonds. Because the Osmonds come out the same time as between Donnie and... Uh, the Jackson, Donnie Osmond. Yeah, uh-huh. they had a good competition going on there. Yeah, yeah, the the childhood mm-hmm. stars, absolutely. Yeah, but Donnie didn't ever make it though. Well, not a solo in the, artist. Not in the same way. Well, no. you know who did? Well, who made it? Michael Jackson made it. Michael did. Yeah, yeah Michael just hit it. Yeah. I grew up with Michael and Donnie, and I love Michael Jackson. He I died. Don't know. I mean, Maria's selling, uh, what's that? Mm-hmm. Oh, pill? like the diet thing. <laughs> is she selling <laughs> Maria system or something? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, system. That's what it is. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, Clint, I appreciate right. you listening. I appreciate All right, the call. man. All right. Thank you for taking my call, sir. Thank you, Clint. My goodness, my goodness. I'm just happy. I'll listen to Purple Rain tonight. I'll have some fun with it. Hell, I might watch it later. I got too. I'm going to hang out with my grandfather first. Granddaddy, as I call him, his birthday today. Oh, that's so cool. I might do that tonight too. Yeah, we should watch we, Purple we Rain, might fellas. Oh, it's good, man. It's good. And Apollonia has to purify herself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Ooh. Oh, the acting. Yeah. The acting is horrific. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It is terrible. Uh, Prince you know, my can f- do a lot of things. He can write songs. Yeah, he's, he's he can a, sing. He's not an actor. He cannot act. <laughs> it is terrible. No, but he, oh. you know who's my favorite character in that whole movie? Jerome. The guy Jerome. with the mirror in the the mirror with the time. Jerome by far is my favorite character. <laughs> He's not bad. Jerome's definitely my favorite. Anyway, we got to hit this break. Coming back, got uh, Sam on the line on the phone lines here. I got another movie to bring up. Okay. When we come back. Well, oh, I've got one too. If he's got one, that's, just, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's not a musical. Okay, but it's a movie about songs. All right. That I've been very impressed with. Okay, and there's a movie coming out. I'm looking forward to seeing about songs. Man, we got all kind of stuff We're after just the break. Hanging out tonight here on the Joey Clark Radio Hour, having some fun, uh, relaxing, talking about music or movies based in music. We'll be right back. Joey Clark. Joey Clark. Oh, welcome back. Off air, 84 was talking about his impressive $1,000 system. Woo! Non-skip stereo. In the 80s, man. Yeah. You were living man. large. Uh-huh. Living large. Created. That that was, that was my uh, graduation present when I graduated from high school in 1991. 91. 91? 91. It's amazing did you, did how... Did you create R134? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how even, like, in my lifetime, the CD's gone by the wayside. 
now everything's digital. I can remember, I used to love sorting my own music library, like the digital files, just using Windows Explorer and making all sorts of mix CDs. And well, then we don't do that anymore. Really. While we're talking about this, can I ask you some questions about then? Sure. Back then, Betamax. Never had, never had beta. What about LaserDisc? Don't know what you're talking about. It was like... Uh, oh, these huge... After, like, after tapes, before CDs, it was like a huge, like a record CD. No, nah, never had. Oh, man. And they put movies nah. on those things, too, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like the precursor to the DVD. It was this massive, about the size of a, a true vinyl. <laughs> they were <laughs> and it looked like interesting. A yeah, but Sam's been patient. Oh. I don't want to leave him hanging. Uh, Sam, what's up, man? Hey, man, y'all having such a good time. Uh, i tell you what I'm doing. I'm playing on the phone instead of taking advantage of this weather. Uh, I need to be out here working, but I'm not. Um, you know, y'all mentioned uh, 84, the year 84 a minute ago. Yeah. Just how powerful Prince was. It was, it was incredible. And one thing to remember, at that time, it was still 18. It wasn't on this 21 BS. And so all us young adults, I was, uh, you know, I was, what, going to school at the time, um, uh, I think that was my first year of college. And, but the point of it is, it was just, Prince was everywhere. You go down to the beach, go to the clubs. It was just, it was amazing. Just how, how and, 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 and he had staying power. And it, it just, it, it, you, uh, it, man, it was good. Well, and it uh, really was a celebration, yeah. too. I, I, it was a celebration. Yeah, his music was, uh, it could be. But Rick James awful. said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Rick, Rick J. <laughs> it's a celebration. It's a celebration it's a now. Celebration. Yeah. celebration, yeah. Um, well, who, actually, Prince <laughs> opened for Rick James in the early 80s. And oh, man. He did not I'm care about that. his couch. Yeah. Well, and the, oh, thing yeah. Ab- <laughs> the, the thing about Prince is he had staying power. His yes, music, sir. I mean, it transcends, I mean, Every well, and there's a. I, I can't oh. find the word that I want to to say, but I mean it's 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 timeless. Well, and there's a talking about staying power. There's another Prince anniversary that came up this week, thirty years ago, the Batman soundtrack. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, we play that oh, song. Yeah. Favorite oh, song of Prince's that first Batman movie was that first Batman movie. Was play good. that song. It really was. And, and the music music could not have been beat. Play that and, song. Which one? The Batman song. Bat the one dance. Where, Bat no, dance. No, the one where... Party Man. The one party where Man. The one where they're in... They're, they're I'm going to party. Yeah, it's Party Man. No, oh, all that I can. Wasn't Seven... <laughs> wasn't, wasn't Seven on that? No, it, that was a few years Was later. that a different one? Yeah. That was on the Symbol album now, after that, he changed his name. Oh, okay. That yeah. now that's that's like my favorite Prince song. Crazy yes. movie. Seven's good. I remember the first time All I saw Prince naked. And they uh, watched them <laughs> fall. Wait, wait, <laughs> clean, clean. wait, Sam. You said you remember the first time you saw. What? Oh, have y'all have y'all seen the uh, classic clip from Soul Train when uh, I mean, when he came out and he had this little tiny speedo like silver thing on and. Uh, and, you know, if the wind had blown, it had knocked him over, petite little old man that he was. Mm-hmm. But he was absolutely, yeah, I'm sure it's on YouTube, but uh, I, 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 was it controversy? I think it was. Probably had to be the Dirty Mind controversy era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was, it was, it was, yeah. Um, anyway, um, I'm just saying, I just saw it. I'm not saying, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> 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 oh, Joey, yeah. Joey, here you go. Here you go, I'll tell myself a little more. Uh, mid-80s. Uh, I remember buying a needle or a phonograph, and it cost almost two hundred bucks for the Ooh. needle. So, yeah, man. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I was. Hey, uh, that and you'd buy those. Um, 
Oh, I forget the name of those albums. They Glad were. you said for a phonograph. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, ah. <laughs> yeah Did you turn the crank? Oh, oh the oh, oh, <laughs> turn the crank. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I gotta leave that joke alone. Um. Anyways, <laughs> I enjoyed calling in. Uh, I hope you all have a good evening. You too, Sam. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> reminiscing with you. Yeah, it was. I got uh, him off track. Yeah, <laughs> well, I do love that it's like a recurring like theme with Prince. Like Jamie Foxx is like, I looked him in the eyes once. I almost <laughs> um, like he says, don't look him in the eyes. Don't look him in the eyes. My God. Yeah, just a. I, I think it's a brilliant. It's testament how brilliant the guy was in like young early twenties. He made the decision when he formed the Revolution that. My persona on stage will be like the ultimate rock and roll persona, androgynous embodiment of sex. And it drove people nuts. They really did wonder. It's like in the song, I don't understand all the things people say. Am I black or white? Am I straight or gay? Like, And do I believe in God? Do I believe in me? Um, so people want to die so they can be free. And it, like he, he really knew like the heartbeat of society pretty quick and what would play. Still considered a fringe artist, but Purple Rain isn't like watered down. It's even more ambitious than the stuff that came before it. So I don't know. It's uh, it's fun reminiscing about it because it's very influential to me. It really spoke to me. A lot of the themes, um, you know, broken, not a completely broken home, but a rough home. These sorts of things. Um, yeah, it's cool when like somebody from. A generation or two before you and you listen to the music and what you pick up and also there's a certain point in life what you listen to when you're a teenager or Ben Gillette's old joke I've mentioned before like your favorite album name it but you can't name anything within five years of losing your virginity like music just becomes special after that moment or for some reason yeah and it does and and speaking of that yeah you have another movie you want to bring up gonna turn the page over mm -hmm. there's another one and we all know that Seth hates musicals <laughs> right however this is a movie built on music Bohemian Rhapsody I loved it my, it was great it, it, uh, my wife got it last weekend because we do the red box thing and she's like hey let's watch because I mean, we don't have TV we just watch movies here and there, and we're big movie people. Love movies. Big into movies. And <laughs> Go watch Wonder Park. <laughs> okay, so, President Trump. Wonderful movie. I'm big, big, bigly in music. And so, anyhow, I mean, she, br she brings it home, and I'm like, you know, I know all Queen's music. I don't think I'm going right, to like right, this. Right. I mean, it's I mean, it's about a gay dude and, and this and that. But they made the movie about the music yes and i'm telling you i was fascinated i could not stop watching it again we're, how ambitious they were but like with bohemian rhapsody itself the, people are like well, that's not gonna sell if if <laughs> if the story the way they portrayed it is true about eddie mercury or freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Excuse me. Say, you missed like Eddie Murphy and Freddie Mercury there for a second. Yeah, I'm stuck in the 80s, man. <laughs> but if if the story is true the way they portrayed it, I mean, that is a fascinating story. It's a heartbreaking I mean, story it's, in many ways. It, it really is. And 
last night <laughs> when we ate supper, we watched on YouTube the uh, Live Aid, the Live Aid concert, just their portion of it. Mm-hmm. Dude, they did such a good job. Yeah, they recreated the it for the movie almost shot for shot. They swapped two songs. Right. I mean, they they, they missed missed two songs around. Right. But it made sense for the movie. But to see his life story, and now I have listened today again to Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, it's heartbreaking. It's it's amazing. That song is not. I was introduced to that song in Wayne's World. Right. Yeah. And that's when it really did have a resurgence. It was big when it came out, but then Wayne's World, and that's yeah. where it was big for Live Aid because yeah. Wayne's World had just. I mean, it was just, this, it was just this hard rock, silly song, you know, hit it real hard at one point, this and that. But when you listen to the words of that song and you know his story, right. He's. I don't know if he wrote that song or not. I, no, he I, did. I didn't. He did. That's his song. That is a song about himself. And bearing his soul in that song in many ways. Oh, not in many ways. In every way. Yeah. I wish I was never born. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to die. Sometimes I, yeah, sometimes I wish I was never born at all. Yeah. yeah I mean, it is. Dude, that song is so freaking powerful. Like, that's a lament. When you know his story. That's like a biblical lament of Job. Like, I wish I'd never been born at all. And when you hear the background, and the movie tastefully takes on his life and without sugarcoating it in the sense that uh, he does fall in love with a woman named Mary. And he really was in love with her. But as he kind of hits it big and he's touring and all around the world, he gets opportunities to go for his other he's gay and he kind of searches that out but he gets really involved in the party scene and they do a wonderful touch where it's like after one of these crazy parties he's had where the butler or one of the servants starts talking to him and you can tell the other that guy's gay as well but he's responsible and it's not just people picking at freddie like you know a pack of hyenas being around his star power this guy really didn't care that he was a big star he more cared like who are you as a person and you also mix into that. And that's what he tells him. He right. says, when you figure out who you are, right. then. Well, and it also is a story of him living up to his parents. Like, being an immigrant in England, they wanted him to do something you know, really official. A doctor, a lawyer, something like that. So, oh, you're playing music? And it's the Live Aid performance in the movie that is when his parents realize what a man he was and how inspiring he was to millions around the world. Uh, it was a great movie. Uh, I need to see it again. It's been I saw it in theaters, but I haven't seen it since it came out on video. Man, it um, is it is strong. You need to say that one too, Seth. It's really good, man. Not gotta, a musical. Can you be surprised how many songs it, it does a little bit of the movie magic where it's like, oh, now we came up with this song and this song and this song. They kind of fast forward through some parts. Great cameo, yeah. not playing himself, but great cameo by Mike Myers. So good in the callback to Wayne's World, which, by the way, Dumb and Dumber, actually the second Austin Powers, I saw the second one, The Spire Shagged Me, before the first one. Um, But, yeah, Dumb and Dumber, Austin Powers, Wayne's World were so formative in terms of comedy for me. Like, I just freaking love Wayne's World. It's kind of a different time 
that sort of you know culture Show doesn't wing. doesn't really exist anymore. Oh, kind of the did. long-haired rockers and. It's almost weird. It like, it's very, but it's very like northeastern, like Canadian almost. It's Seth. It's, Seth could have been in Wayne's World. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's dressed for the part all well, the time. Just so much stupid crap. I love how I like love the like how even at that time, Mike Myers is playing with the camera. Where they go into the diner and the camera goes up. Was it Ed O'Neill? He's, you know, married with children, that sort of stuff. And it goes up to him behind the counter, and he starts doing a monologue directly to the camera, and the camera's following him. And it's like, whoa, dude, yeah. this isn't your movie. And just, <laughs> I love, it's very, like, Mel Brooks. And uh, it's something I'd, I've kind of noticed in the last few months. is like, when has there been a great comedy at the theaters? I don't. I, think, I, I don't remember. One. Like I said, I I don't know. I, I've already told you that. I mean, that's the last one I can remember going to. And Dad Gum, I was in freaking high school when "So I Married an Axe Murderer" came out. <laughs> <laughs> Loved and, it. That's and that's. Movie. I mean, that's that's the last one I remember going to. A theater to see a comedy. I mean, I love and Mike uh, Myers the playing the shows playing the uncle like, oh boy with your huge melon, you're blocking the TV, boy. That's his daddy. <laughs> yeah, his dad. Okay, I got some movies for you. All right, heed, heed. <laughs> Go to bed. Lay your head down on your huge pillow. <laughs> you can see this thing is like the moon. Well, and you can see the seeds of Shrek there. He would go uh, on. Yeah. Yeah, that's often yeah. forgotten. Mike Myers is the voice behind Shrek. But he keeps Jay. going on. I, I, I don't. I, I just love that movie. No, yeah. he keeps going on, and then he looks over. The uh, Mike looks at Mike and says, <laughs> "He'll cry himself to sleep tonight <laughs> on his huge pillow." <laughs> Well, and that really was his dad, apparently. There's a great podcast with Mark Marin. Um, WTF is the name of the podcast. And it's uh, there's the interview with Mike Myers is fantastic. You really get into Mike Myers' history, like family life and where he came from, the type of comedy. And it was like old. It's weird where it comes from. It's like old esoteric uh, shows from the BBC that would make it over to Canada where Mike Myers grew up. And then also his dad's kind of Scottish history. Uh, kind of played into, you know, always being creative. If it's not Scottish, it's crop. <laughs> you said you've got some of Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you're Mr. Redbox. We have something in common. All right. Yeah. Uh, I watched Beach Bum. It's one of the newer ones. McConaughey's Beach Bum. It made me cry. It was good. Okay. Matthew one, McConaughey? Yeah. I uh, watched Wonder I Park. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen any of those. Yeah, Wonder Park. Kid movie made me cry also, but then there was Captain Marvel. Okay, what'd you think of that? It, man, that's where as I'm, a '90s guy. Yeah, I'm a '90s guy, dude. It was so great because she walks around the whole movie with a nine inch nail shirt on. Okay, oh, yeah. which is cool. You talk about the new yeah Captain the, Marvel. Captain Marvel. Okay, and then there's see, a, I have I've not hold seen on that. that. Hold on. Then there is a part where she has a flashback mm -hmm. and she's in a bar. And she's singing karaoke. Yeah, with this shirt on. <laughs> yeah, the Guns N' Roses shirt. She has yeah. this shirt on, and I, I saw it, and I was like, I got this. That's great. I want to. Oh, they make so many references, the, and I remember some of those, like the old AOL, like oh, when he signed into AOL, and it's making all these sounds. What, what's it doing? Loading. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Captain Marvel. It's good. It was good. I mean, she's got it's not the best Marvel. You and movie Rowena ever, gotta watch it. It's, a, it's, it's a chick flick. It, it, it's but she plays a great. Grand role 
Oh, in, in, in game, sure. Games. Yeah, and this sets it up nicely. I think it, it I didn't get as good reviews. Oh, yeah. Well, number it, one. Well, when she comes in, Lauren's like, don't tell me. What was that? Don't tell me. And I was like, that's Captain Marvel right there. Right. <laughs> well, and that movie, Captain Marvel, unfortunately, and it's this theme of politics ruins everything. People started to think, oh, this is going to be the great, like, movie of the feminist times. Or all oh, the and the, the reactionary men out there. All oh, these stupid SJWs. It's like, can it just be a movie, man? Can it just be called Miss Marvel? Right. Well, no, it's Captain. Didn't, it started out as Miss Marvel or whatever. Was, yeah, that actually Miss. goes back a ways. Yeah. Um, their DC intellectual property fights between DC and Marvel. Um, that's a whole other. Okay, did, uh, so... Captain Marvel stays the same person, right? Yeah. Or do they? They don't change change women. Uh, I mean, in the comics, I think they did. No, I'm talking about in the movie. In the movie, no. Captain oh, okay. Marvel was Captain Marvel's Captain uh-huh. Marvel. Yeah, it's pretty hot too. Yeah, Brie Larson does a good job. <laughs> yes, in the movie. she really I think does. Jude Law does as well. And it wasn't like a huge, a huge. And then Marvel cinema. No, but thing. what stole the show was the flurkin cat. Oh, the yeah. cat steals the show <laughs> in that, that movie. So good, yeah. Uh, the cat named Goose. Yes. <laughs> so good, so good. Here, let's go to the phone. Talk to Duke before we run out of time. Hey, Duke, what's up? Hey, what y'all doing? I'm loving your show. Thank you. I've, have y'all seen the uh, documentary with um, Leonard Skinner? Uh, if I leave here tomorrow, I don't believe I have. I, I would I, love I, to see. I, it, I have not. Oh my God! I would watch it's, it. I though. think it's. I think it's on HBO. I see it every night. It comes on HBO or Showtime every now and then, but it it is just amazing. It's called If I Leave anyway, Here Tomorrow? If if I Leave Here Tomorrow, and it talks about, I mean, it's, it's just, it is, um, I mean, I, I like Leonard Skinner, but after you see it, you're going to go, you want to go buy a damn CD of him. Right. But, uh, if I'm I mean, right. it's really cool. Yeah, man, it's the gotta, guy. I think today's I, the anniversary. I just looked it up. Um, the crash. If I Leave really? Here Tomorrow, a film mm-hmm. about Leonard Skinner came out in 2018. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8 out of 10 on IMDb, so those are really good scores. Man, um, they, 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 go ahead. I'm, looks I'm, like it's on Showtime. Uh, yeah, you can Showtime. also buy it on uh, Amazon Prime and all that. Yeah, they, uh, the, guys, the, the guys that let, I mean, it's just, uh, the guys that lived through the plane crash, or two of them were talking, and they're talking about when the plane started hitting the trees in Mississippi. Hmm. And it, it, I mean, it's just, and then they go back and some of the people that own the land, they go back and they're digging around in the dirt. They find a piece of the plant. I mean, it's, it's really incredible. And it, it talks about, it talks about, um, uh, Johnny Van Zant and about the producer. And it's really, really a great, great documentary. But anyway, I just, I, I love y'all show. Thank you. Thank you, Duke. Appreciate it. All right, bud. Well, and, and Ronnie Van Zant, I mean, he's one of those guys, you know, people talk about Jay-Z will go into the studio, he doesn't write anything down, it's on his head. Uh, Ronnie Van Zant was that way. Like, he he was m- the main lyricist for Skinner and all those, like, classic songs we know. But apparently he just, they played all the time, would jam all the time, and he just would come up with lyrics, top of his head. Um, brilliant. Like, the guy, I mean, there are people that in a different time would have been like the poets of a different time, but now they're... The pop stars, the songwriters, the rock stars. Yeah, sure, man. Yeah. A, a poet and a, a singer, the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, some of these guys are just so freaking brilliant. And you talk about, you know, I'm you, you're an analytical guy. Um, I'm pretty gifted when it comes to language, these sorts of things. And it's almost like a, a, a tease for me, though. 
Like, I can sort of touch on, oh, that's what Skinner's doing. That's what Prince is doing. That I can understand it, but I can never create something like that. Or maybe I'm selling myself short. I just, I've tried. And it's it's so difficult when you can understand what somebody's doing, but you could never do it yourself. And, like, what it's got to be like to be so in the zone and in touch with yourself and the world outside of you that you're just constantly creating and making new things. There's some people just have that gift. I think also trauma plays a, a crucial role for a lot of artists, whether you're talking singers or comedians or writers, actors, whatever. I think it's whenever people, they, the trauma or whatever, or they, they get in their mind that they're going to do it. Yeah. And they don't, I mean, they don't take no for it. It's, I'm going to do this. This is going to be this the way that I want it to be. And it, and they feel it, and they know they're doing it 100%. Like, Prince, he took everything, did it all, right? Oh, yeah. Did I everything. Mean, and he was like, I'm going to do this my way. They strong-armed all the record labels. He ran into some manager in Minneapolis, so they made, like... They called up the record companies like, yeah, we've... Uh, hey, Warner Brothers, we actually had a meeting with uh, Atlantic. Um, but, you know, if y'all have time for us... And they had no meetings at all. But they ended up getting all these meetings. And at, like, 18, 19 years old, he gets full creative control, three-album deal. And blows through his budget in the first few months for the first album, uh, For You, in 78. And that's still a great album. It's like a 19-year-old kid playing around in a top-notch studio for Warner Brothers. And it's a really cool album. Um, and just to go from 78, six years later, to 1984's Purple Rain, it like the difference is night and day. But you can also see that development and that drive of... And people have talked about this, studio engineers who worked with him. He would go through studio engineers because he would not sleep for two or three days if he had an idea. And he would just keep making music constantly. His idea of a vacation was going to the studio and making music. Um, he was so devoted to that. It was almost like a, uh, like a, a mania that he had to always be making something. Man. Yeah, and there are certain people like that. that I, and I, and I, think, I think that the... The creative people like that, many times they're tortured inside, and there's something that they're yeah they have to get out yeah. and trying to get that out. And I I can see Prince being one of those people because he was so ta- you know the 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 singers that that you hear on the radio now, so many of them are just. The performers, they're the, pretty. Yeah, yeah, and and their voice is close enough that they that you can take it and run it through something and make it sound decent. And it, I like the, the total package. This is why I like. I don't love country music, but I love Chris Stapleton because he was writing for other artists for years, and he has this huge songbook to his credit. And then he started making his own thing. Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, he does everything under the sun. Yeah, uh, I like people that are the total package, and that's. But I, I except think, for Lex Luger, I, I don't think like that guy. you know what you're. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, what you're talking about with Prince, I think I think it's all almost a torture that yeah. there's something inside your body that's trying to get out and to be performed, and until you get it right and get it perfectly right, you cannot sleep you can't eat you can't do anything well folks uh, we've run out of time but uh relive 1984's purple rain with me tonight let's watch the movie it'll be fun yeah with all of us here i'm gonna go home and watch this yeah that's what i'm gonna do once i get home that's a plan little bitty guy 
on a big old bicycle. Man, he he could that <laughs> motorcycle plays, man. That's a big old bike. He's right. <laughs> I'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening, folks.